This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so this film was... The first time I can recall seeing anyone even approximately like me on a screen, meaning an Indian American woman, um, roughly my age, pushing a cart full of like 20,000 jugs of milk through a grocery store. Um, the sort of the weight of, mm. of her uh, relatives on her shoulders and this sort of desperate look to get out of her situation. I mean, it's brewing on her from the minute you see her and it just sort of, you know, it gets more and more amplified as the movie goes on. But I just remember seeing that beautiful shot of Sarita Chaudhry and just being like, what? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's us, what? Welcome back to Open Form. I'm Michael Dendell-Smith. Mina and Demetrius have fallen in love, which on its own may not be newsworthy, but Mina, a young Indian woman whose family was forced out of their home in Uganda, and Demetrius, a young African-American with his own carpet cleaning business, have fallen in love in Mississippi. They've each come to this relationship with their own, perhaps unexplored motives, but they can't deny the love growing between them, even as the world built around them tests that love at every step. This week's film is Mississippi Masala, and it was chosen by Mira Jacob, author of the graphic memoir, Good Talk, a finalist for the 2019 National Book Critics Circle Award. Every single one of my South Asian friends had to call each other within, I would say two weeks of that movie <laughs> coming out and saying, did you know? there's this movie and this person is in it. And yeah. it was just an amazing, it was just an amazing thing after being, um, you know, after growing up in America, obviously Bollywood has a huge, huge um, film output, but I didn't grow up in India and in New Mexico, we didn't get a lot of Bollywood movies. Uh. So after just never seeing anything, I just, I think until I saw that movie, I thought my role in life was to watch white people in movies and uh, maybe oh. black people. But I thought that was what, I thought that if there was a part in a movie for me, it was the person that watched the movies of white people oh. with an occasional black character. Um, and um, and that's, and suddenly I, I, it just sort of broke my brain that we could be on screen. That is such a powerful statement <laughs> that, like that your your feeling was not even like 
as a secondary or tertiary character in the story of white people. But before this film, it's just watching white people, watching them have adventures, watching them have romance, watching them go through the heartbreak of life. And it's just like, and until this film, it's like just watching what, like, I'm, I think you've broken my brain with that, that where I'm like, wow, what a feeling to- I mean, that's, yeah, you know, we talk about, we talk about this, right? We talk about, you know, people say representation matters, but, but really when you think of how little we had, the reason that it matters is, is because you don't even imagine that you could have an interior life that matters to anyone. Mm. And, and if it doesn't matter to anyone, why would it matter to you? Right. right? right. So it's just like you have no agency until you can see and imagine yourself. And this was the first time it had happened for me. And I was, you know, I was graduating high school that year. Yeah. Heading to college. I was, I mean, it had, you know, it'd been a while of looking for myself. And the most, like the closest I could get, honestly, was, um, like the the sort of the rejects in the John Hughes movies, mm, you know, like yeah. not even the sexy ones, yeah. but like the rejects. I was like, yeah. yeah, I see part of me. Like I'm the smoking reject in the corner. I'm curious, uh, you know, I don't do too much like questions in, in the process of this, but you've just brought up so much for me in, in relaying that. Like you're saying that this movie came out, you were graduating high school. And I think of that as such this, cru- like it's this crucial period of in your life, right? Where it's like, okay, I am crossing over into adulthood with everything that has been passed on to me through childhood. And that's my, my blueprint, right? Like that's what I understand. And I'm taking into the world to try to fully blossom and bloom and, and be everything that I'm going to be. And then this film comes along where you have, you've had this script for so long when you're like, I just watch white people. And now you have this film, the main character is someone you can readily identify with. You can see who has an interior life, who has obstacles to face, who like makes decisions about that based on desire, based on a co- the community surrounding her, based on every, like what kind of impact does that have on you like going forward? Because it's just like, it's such a crucial moment for, what for like whether or not you're going to carry that all of that stuff from before or like chart a different path i mean can i can we boil this down to the most basic basic please i was a teenager the first thing i understood was that she was sexy as hell yeah yeah like that was the first thing that i understood from the get-go and then suddenly i was like wait am i Am I sexy as hell? And I really had this moment where I went and I looked, like I remember leaving the movie and and turning the rearview mirror of mm-hmm. you know in my car and being like, I am, I am. I love it. I love it. But no, I mean, I just I felt fully in my body in a way that I hadn't unless I was alone and being intimate with someone. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you know how in in those moments you can really like you're there's an 
the intimacy is that you're just with one other person and you can feel the fullness of your body. But every other space I had been in, I was always like a tenth of myself operating from the highest manuals of my brain, operating this body to move through spaces because how other people looked at me told me everything about how I could move through those spaces, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then I see this, this woman, you know, and she's so far from like a perfect character, right? She's so, sure. you know, she's just got so many, she's got so many things that she's trying to do in so many ways in which, um, in which she's sort of failing herself and failing her community and not frankly, a good Indian daughter, which is a whole thing into itself. But I could see that she was fully in her body and it just put me fully in mine right away. Wow. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I was telling me why you didn't leave Mississippi. Yeah, cool for sure. She said you stayed on to look after your father. <laughs> yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. I ain't no saint. I mean, we got a good business. There's no reason to leave. This is a new Mississippi. I like it here. <laughs> it's not where I live. You know how many people come to our motel? They look at us. They say, not another goddamn Indian. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Well, Miss Masala. Racism, or as they say nowadays, tradition. It's passed down like recipes. Now the trick is you got to know what to eat and what to leave on your plate. Can I say, I had, I, I had not actually seen Mississippi Masala until you chose it. And it's one of those films where I was like, yeah, I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to see it at some point. Um, and my reaction is very different from yours in that like I'm seeing the Denzel Washington character. Yeah, let's go. I know. I'm so curious. And what what was your experience? My my very first thing, be completely honest with you, it's related to what you were saying, but like an opposite reaction almost. I was like, holy shit. I mean, look, Denzel is a noted hunk, right? Like we've he's bit and I was like, Denzel has never looked this good. I am <laughs> never going to look this good. <laughs> I, I was, I, there's, it's that, that scene where they're uh, in the little night nightclub spot, right? Oh yeah, and oh yeah. He's got this like oversized half zip polo on mm -hmm. and I'm just like kind of sweating a little. I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, oh my, my goodness. goodness. And it just like every, every teenage anxiety about how good I was. <laughs> Whether or not I was attractive or not, I was just like raised back up. So just like this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous, and it's just and I think that that's part of what was so appealing about this film is like both of these characters being so incredibly sexy together, and you have the experience of an interracial relationship with no white people. With no white people. <laughs> Hallelujah! Right. And just them, and also what I loved about that is they could get to all of their bullshit, not, yeah. the, not the bullshit they have with how to navigate a white world, blah, 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 which we all know. Yes, those are things are real. I just talked about it myself, but really the bullshit that each culture has on its own. Yes. Right? Yes. And how do they navigate that? And even that was so freeing. 
to watch yeah, yeah. that. And also just because I recognized so many parts of it. I was so glad to have somebody put a firm finger on this is what anti-blackness looks like in a brown body. Mm. Mm. You think that this is coming from outside? It's coming from inside. Now what? Yeah. Right? And it's it's so like everything was interrelated in that like you could see those things play out within the the various communities where it's like it's like okay there's this anti blackness happening here there's this anti foreigner thing happening on the part of black folks it's this colorism that is happening that's like supposed to be this marker of identification then with those with black folks here but becomes this other source of tension it's just like all of that's on display. Absolutely. And there's that great line, by the way, there's this great line in there that's like, um, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, it's, but it's basically like, you can be poor and you can be dark or you can be dark, but you can't be poor and dark, right? That one yeah. of the aunties is yeah. saying it. Um, and it was, you know, and of course, it's like one of the funniest lines in the movie because it's so painful. Painful. Right? Because painful. it's so awful. It's yeah. so deeply awful. And this is a family that is struggling to make a living after fleeing Uganda. Mm -hmm. um, it's a family where the father, it has this permanent longing for a country that he has been kicked out of yeah. and also a friend he feels abandoned by, mm -hmm. right? His best friend who was a black man who helped him yeah. flee the country, but also said, yeah, no, this country is ours. This yeah. country belongs to black people. You should leave. And what does it mean? You know, I you know what else this um this movie brings up for me is um do you ever watch Hari Kondambalu, the comedian? Yeah, yeah. Right. So he's amazing, right? Yeah. Um, but he has this one story that he has that he tells about how his father, um, I think it was I, I forget how it comes up, but at some point somebody said to his father, you know, why are you here? Meaning, why are you in this country? Mm. And he said, I'm here because you came there, mm. right? I am here mm. because you came there. Mm. Like you invaded my home. Yeah, yeah. You made it impossible for me to live. Yeah. I had to flee my own home. And now you ask me why I'm near yours? Yeah. What, yeah. right? And so, um, so that feeling though, I think pervades this movie so well because it's a displaced community it's a community of indians that were living in uganda and then were kicked out by Idi Amin, and also very much living this life which is very complicated when you're moved in to be a wedge what does that mean yeah when the way in which you get ahead is through white supremacy what does it mean for yeah. the black communities that you're harming there and what does it mean for the black community you're harming here? And this is the first time I had seen any of that on a screen, but it was all the little whispers that you have in your brain if you're growing up and you're, you're a young thinking person. And I'm putting together all of this stuff silently, but there's no one to ask. There's no one to say like, what's up with us? You know, like if you were to ask my parents' generation, they'd be like, well, India used to have the caste system, but it's all gone. It's not all gone. That stuff doesn't just go away, gone. you know? No. no. Um, 
and their you know their idea of America because they were so far from home themselves was that stuff doesn't happen anymore here. Whatever is happening with you, it's not it's not racism. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Because what else were they gonna say? No, we're stuck here, and yeah, people don't like us. Yeah. Right. But just to see that how that turns, how the white supremacy informs all of our families, how that works a whole system in every part of the world, right? What that looks like. It was such a relief to just see it, to have somebody say, yep, this is the story. These, this is how these things that you have known about, these are the things they have in common. And these are how they align. And this is one fantasy way of moving through it. Yeah, it's a fantasy, but it was also beautiful, right? Sure, but I, I, yeah, like it's a fantasy, but I think that like fantasy for me is just so, it's so vital in thinking through like liberation because like we can get so bogged down in like what is right in front of us and like how we're, we're, we're we have to face it, but it's just like, but what is after? What is after the dismantling? How do we how do we imagine our freedom to live and be and 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 eat and and fuck and all of those yeah. things, right? Like how do we just like to 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 feel through that? And I think what was so powerful for me in the film in that like I was as as I was watching, I'm like, there's this whole other storyline about her father that I felt at points I was like why is this relevant here? What, what does this have to do with, but, but really what we're seeing is something that I don't think we consider enough. And I say, we, and, you know, obviously people would be like, oh, well, some of us do. And I'm like, what, but I'm thinking <laughs> the collective. <laughs> and the conscious well, I, I know the way you're talking about. Um, but we don't take stock of how these sort of geopolitical forces then replicate or show up in our interpersonal relationships, right? So you're look you're looking at a father who's been displaced because of this like uprising in Uganda to establish independence, who then fall prey to a dictator to in, in forms of doing that, mm-hmm. but like wants to establish a black country, right? And it's like, well, we got to get rid of everybody who's not black. And he feels incredibly harmed by, because this is his home. This is what he knows. But when his daughter is suddenly dating a Black man, it's like he's not putting together in his own mind, but he's, he's like enforcing his own hurt from witnessing that mm-hmm. like, like or being uh, subject to whatever harm he felt from Black people doing this to him, displacing him. And it's like, there's there's an unwillingness or an uneasiness about unpacking the way that that, that has come to bear in his person. Totally. But we witness it, right? Yeah. And what I love also about the movie is that particular framing, his his best friend who then drive, you know, saves him, saves mm-hmm. his life. But his best friend, you see them as boys. You see them from the age where they really don't know because they're so young and they're running around together that there's this enormous difference between them. And they'll know it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? They're they're yeah. like very young when it starts. So you know they're gonna know it within a year. It's and even if they even if they don't know know it, you know that they know something's a little off between the yeah. way that they're treated. But you see that that love, which I think was rooted in a kind of innocence, you are my brother, 
right? You are my brother and we will always love each other above all else. You see how it breaks around all the political fault lines. And then yes, that trauma is something that that man then enforces on everyone around him and his family, right? Enforces on his daughter, enforces on his wife, enforces on their on whether or not they can even move on because he all he can do is write letters about what was stolen from him. Mm-hmm. He can never live where he is because all he can feel is what was taken from him. You know, once I was like both of you, I thought I could change the world, be different. But the world is not so quick to change. Mina is my only child. I don't want her to go through the same struggle as I did. Struggle? Str- look, I'm a black man born and raised in Mississippi. Ain't a damn thing you can tell me about struggle. What do you know about my... No, I know. I know. I know you and your folks can come down here from God knows where and be about as black as the ace of spades, and as soon as you get here, you start acting white and treating us like we your doormats. I know that you and your daughter ain't but a few shades from this right here. That I know. You know, there is also, it is a romantic film, right? And it is about the romance between these two people. And I'm going to say, as as turned on as I was by seeing Denzel, he's also a little messy. He's a little messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the mess. He's a little messy. Because, look, he's presented to us. He is, like, he's the, uh, the good son right like his his brother's a little bit of a fuck up uh he's he's got to yell and snatch him up off the corner and like try to tell him to get a job and all of this sort of you know it's there's a lot of respectability politics you know going through there but he also is hung up on his ex who has suddenly just because they're advancing her music career is dating this like jerry curl dude who's just Who could not be less attractive? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, it's like he's right next to Denzel, and you're like, this is not a competition. Could you have made him at least yeah. a little competition? A little, little something, something. something. But he, his initial, like, and he, he sort of admits it at some point, like, not fully, but, like, his initial attraction to Mina has very little to do with Mina. Yep. It is all about him and, like, using her to mm-hmm. get back at his ex mm-hmm. and you when you add in the fact that she it like this is now an interracial relationship like there's something this is like a whole lot exploding yeah. there mm-hmm. and there's a way specifically that he really gets off on her on with sort of her exotic yes right yes there's a way in which he sort of parades that around as you know it's like a, it's a very sort of colonizer like look what i got mm-hmm. i got me one of these you know yeah. and and there and there is a way also in which um even his friends are that are so into her there's a real borderline with that one friend who's just it's not even borderline he has crossed it <laughs> he's really he's really all over her in a way that's sort of like it just makes your skin crawl i can't figure out by the way when I, I I know that when I originally watched it, I am sure that as a young woman, I was so sketched out by that friend, but I can't figure out if if we were intended to be sketched out by that friend or if we're supposed to think that he's just being funny. Like, what do you think? What did you feel? I feel like he's intended to just be like, 
I mean, look, we're, we're living in different times now. Like, yeah, look, sure. like we've, we've had a lot of different sort of cultural conversations around the ways in which men talk about and to women that now viewing that you're like sketched out the way that he is, he's talking to her. But I think at the time he's supposed to be non-threatening, funny, and, and supposed to be the friend that's just like, there are a lot of those friends at that time that just like make those comments and you're just like, oh, you again, again with the thing, calm down. Like what? And it's like, no, maybe you need to actually pull him up and have a discussion about the way that he talks about women and the way that like he's he's exoticizing her in these very like terribly racist terms. Yep. And it's like, but no, no one's having that conversation there because it's just like, oh, he's that friend. He's just yeah. that friend. Yes. And there is also, I think they're for the older generation, right? Because Denzel also has his father and I believe his aunt. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there is sort of the enforcing on their part, though they like her, that you are not, you are not of us mm -hmm. and we're not what you want. We're not, sorry, you are not of us and you're not who we want for this person, for our son. Yeah. Right? Like we want something else for him, even though they like her yeah they like her they're very clear about that as well and they're really sweet with her and also there is this little little glimmer of but you're not like us mm -hmm. we know that and i i really also just appreciated that that was left in right yeah that it wasn't and that and that both of both the cultures had problems with each other um and they weren't identical problems you know it yeah. wasn't just like we're suspicious of you and we're suspicious of you. It was a really, it was a nuanced kind of, we mm -hmm. think that your people might be like this. Yes. And those those differences were real, what they thought their people might be like, right? Yeah. For sure. And I think that that's, that also bleeds into sort of like Mina's approach here in this relationship to uh, Denzel's character, Demetrius, is like, what it feels like, I think that they they do genuinely come to like they're attracted to each other they come to really care about each other yeah. but they both have different motives coming into this and i think it feels like for mina it's a part it's part and parcel of her rebellion right yeah. like it is to say like look i understand you want me to marry a good indian man and you have like presented one to me who actually seems to maybe be into me a little bit i don't know he's chosen me all of over all these light-skinned women here at this sure. wedding and it's mm -hmm. like okay but when she has the chance to like sit and talk with him and like, you know, get to know him. Yeah. As a, I mean, look, it's Denzel. So we're it's well, not exactly. Who else is <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it is part of her sense of like one establishing independence, but just also being like, I need to do something that flies in the face of the blueprint that my parents have provided for me. Mm -hmm. My parents who are so traumatized by what happened in their past mm. that the, they're building a very specific future in which nothing can can be taken for granted in which nothing can happen uh just on the fly it all has to be planned it all has to be yeah. sanctioned it has to be the safest possible future and it's going to kill me right yeah. the safest possible future that you want for me is not anything i want for myself Whew, say that again. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Say that again. I need my, right? I need my father to hear that one. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. I was like, wow, I wonder if I should talk to my mom after this. Um, you know, I do feel like, and that is such um, 
it is interesting because the precarity of their situation is really obvious in the movie. They're living in the extra room of a hotel at one of their friends, you know, a, their friend has allowed them to do this. Um, and it all comes crumbling down so fast when she makes one move, one move, you know, that doesn't please everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something, there's something really amazing about that too, because, because there's this idea that they have of like, you just need to go along. It's not such a big deal. Just do these things. You know, it's not about you. It's not about you. But if it's not about her, why does it all come crashing down when she does one thing for herself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so can we just talk about the thing she did for herself? Because I love it. Please. Please. <laughs> so she goes on. I mean, I, the thing I love so much about this is we have no idea what kind of sexual experience we she has at this point. No. All we know is her extreme hotness. There's that incredible scene when they're on the phone and her sheet is sort of half on her. What? <laughs> <laughs> She's not clearly not wearing underpants and it just, you just die. You yes. just die. Truly. Oh, that <laughs> sheet. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> Um, and so there's this sort of like, there's this beautiful sensuality kind of radiating from her, but she goes, he tells her he wants to take her on a trip and she lies and she goes with him Yeah. to a hotel room Yeah. where her family finds them, right? Like, <laughs> what? Just all of, I just love that when she's like, I'm going to do something, she's like, and it's going to be all of it. Actually, I'm going to do all, all of, of it. it. Everything all at once. Every bit of it. I have a lot of really good sex with this very hot man in a hotel room. Like, let's do that. Yeah. 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 And it's just that that moment of claiming the self and just like as separate from your parents, your community. Yes. Like, but it's it's that thing where it's like you understand that you're still tethered to it. So it's like that that added risk, I think, like makes it so much hotter there. But it's also understanding that like, the consequences are not far behind, right? Yeah. Like, you know that going yes. in. Yes. And quite literally, the consequences were not far behind, right? They, they, you know, they bust in. She pulls a sheet up, you know, there's the whole, yeah. there's that whole moment of, I cannot be seen by you. I, I'm not safe from your gaze. And in this moment where just before this, I was my most vulnerable self. Mm-hmm. Um, which is such a real ricochet, but also I have to say kind of as far as I know what every, pretty much what every South Asian woman I know went through in kind of figuring out her sexuality and figuring out her sexual self. Like I, and I don't know if this is just true of my generation and I kind of, and my fantasy is that, that nobody in Gen Z feels this way. And I know I'm going to get 2000 by the way, I say this and I'm going to get like 2000 emails from Gen Z now being like, um, Mira, hi. <laughs> but I just, the, the pairing of the discovering of your full sexual self with extreme um, shame, extreme generational shame, extreme, I have let my, it's so funny how like somehow having sex is tied to my family might get kicked out of the country. I mean, it's wild, right? Oof. There's no reason. That's a lot of weight to bear. <laughs> There's no reason for those things to be true. And yet you do feel it. 
yeah. you come back terrified of what you might have put your what position you might have put your family in. Yeah. Right. It's, just a, it's wild. So to see it play out that way was also, I have to say, like my worst nightmare. And I was really uh, glad it was happening to someone else. <laughs> How long you been in Mississippi? Three years. And before that, India? No. Before that, I was in England. Uh -huh. And before that, I was in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've never been to India. Never been to India? No. You're kidding. No, I'm not. I'm a mixed masala. It's masala. What's that, one of them kind of like a religious thing? Or... <laughs> what? It's a bunch of hot spices. <laughs> but you know um there is i think one of the things and you know it was, by the way so when we decided to do this i should tell you mm -hmm. when we decided that we were going to have this conversation i knew i needed to rewatch the movie so we could even talk about it it has lived in this place in my heart for so long yeah like just frame by frame there's so many shots in that movie that just live in my soul. Um, and I was like, oh, I should go see it again. And I happened to Google it on a day where it was playing here at Film Forum. So I saw it alone in a movie theater on a huge screen. There were like two other people. It was yeah. in the middle of the weekday. Yeah. Wet the entire time. Just wet for the, just because also just the beauty it felt like it did the first time meeting. Yeah. It was so large. It was bigger than anything I'd ever seen of us anywhere. And the colors, right? Beautiful. The thing, the thing I love most about my people is how unapologetic we are about color. <laughs> We're like, oh, is there some color? Hold on, we'll put on all of them. All of right? it, all of it, splash it everywhere. And Mira Nair, to her great credit, just uses that, just paints. Mm -hmm every part of the screen sure and so you just feel saturated when you're watching it and i haven't i haven't been able to go back to india now for you know three years four mm -hmm. years because of covid and it just um it's so funny because even just seeing the colors none of it takes place in india but even just seeing the colors mm -hmm. felt very much like um this sort of diasporic fever dream you know mm -hmm of like, oh, right, we go there and we feel the colors and the colors feel like a memory that maybe isn't even mine, but maybe it was my dad's and maybe it made him feel safe. Or, you know, like when I was growing up in the desert, my mom, so I grew up in New Mexico. And one of the mm -hmm. things that my mom used to do is when the rainstorms came, she would open up all the doors and windows in the house and turn off all of the lights and sit on the couch and shut her eyes. Mm. And I feel like she was just trying to get home Wow. You know, because she grew up in Kerala and there were the monsoons. And I feel like I would watch her and realize that, like, she was just trying to be where she felt safe for, like, a moment instead of always in this struggle, always running. And I think when I saw the movie, I just remembered that. Yeah. I did. Also, because of that one, there's this one shot that just always haunts me in the movie. Um, which is when they're in, um, they're sort of, he remembers Uganda and it's always this pan through the garden. Mm. There's this way in which you see there is this terrace wall 
and then this all of Uganda behind it. And this bougainvillea, I think, that's sort of growing over the, like the bright, bright pink. And you see this sort of expanse of green in front of you and the longing in that shot, the way you feel how much he wants to be there, it feels like all of the longing that I grew up with, like all of that dream place that my parents could not get back to. It feels like the manifestation of that so clearly. Yeah. Uh, I was, I mean, I'm moved right now. And I also was about to ask you the question. Oh, I'm sorry. That was okay. <laughs> but you, you've already nailed like what the, that lasting image from this film is. And I, I think that's it's so gorgeous. I think there was just one other thing that I wanted to ask you about it. Um, oh, yeah, sure. So, I'm, you know, one of the great things about us discussing this movie together is that you are a black man and I am an Indian woman, right? So we were seeing these kind of archetypes play out on the right. screen. I know when I was watching, it was saying a lot of things to me that I hadn't seen before, but I was worried the entire way. I was so scared about how the anti-blackness was going to be discussed. Mm. And I was really scared that there was like, even when I was watching it this time, I was like, is that okay? Are we okay? Is this okay? You know, mm. that nervousness you have, rightfully, when a movie oh. is treading into really fraught territory. And I was wondering what your experience of that was. You know, I think, I, I what do I want to say here? It's, I think it was an expectation going in that that's what the film was going to deal with, right? And so it's it's to say, like, look, if I'm watching a film that I've heard about, I understood that this was like this was what what it was. So it's the when it's delivered, it's just like, okay, did they get it right? <laughs> like, did it did it come across as yeah. authentic, or is it like? And I don't. What I don't feel is that it was somehow exaggerated to make the point about anti-blackness right like to say that like we veer into the territory of caricature as if these characters are just being like the most like virulently anti-black for the sake of you getting the message that they are being anti-black right like it is it's this is the way it plays out it's just being like Yo, we're the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. But then it's different when it when something else happened. When like, mm -hmm. oh no, but you want to date one of our daughters? Like now, some is there, now we got to talk about how this is not. We are not the same, right? right. Like, right. and that those little messages that I think everyone receives in this country about who Black people are, or like because of the role that we must play within the American experiment for it to keep going, that mm -hmm. everyone receives. And everyone who comes here to try to strive and like for the American dream, like incorporates into their sense of like what America is. It's like, for me, seeing that play out was, was not, it wasn't like, oh, you're going too far. Oh, you don't need to, you don't need to say that. Like that, that's not necessary for you to get, it was like, no, this is just an authentic representation of that. This, this, this doesn't, again, repeating myself, veer into that caricature where it, that's very easy to do, right? Like, yeah. I think it's very, it would be very easy to just like have a character, like 
one of her her family member, one of Mina's family members, just be like, "Black people are dirty," or so you know. Right. It, it would have just been very right. easy to do that, but it's much more subtle than that because that's the way that it actually is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting to hear because I, I, and I think that's a very good. Um, way to sort of parcel it out does it veer into caricature for the sake of you know and you know like it's, it's a movie for the sake of making entertainment right of the pain of black and brown people does it veer into caricature to do that and like no it didn't it didn't exactly. do that. um it didn't do that it sort of kept things really dicey on purpose yeah yeah okay i feel clear now <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mira, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Let's do this. Let's do this always. Yeah, for sure. Let's do <laughs> thanks for listening to Open Form, a podcast from Lit Hub Radio, produced by Eliza Smith and Justin Alvarez, and hosted by me, Michael Denzel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to Open Forum wherever you get your podcasts and or sign up for the Lit Hub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. If you're enjoying what you hear, share Open Forum with a friend or on social media. Next week, good morning, Charlie.